This morning's first reading is from Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those who had gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favour, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing, and you have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And now Psalm 96. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honour and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name, bring an offering and come into his courts, worship the Lord in holy splendour, tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established, it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, let the sea roar and all that fills it, let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth, he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. I'm reading from the New Testament, John 14, 1-11. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe in me because of the works themselves. So we've been looking at the Psalms, um, and I know that Ruth mentioned this when we started, that there are basically three categories of Psalms that um, we would want to classify. So there are the orientation Psalms, the disorientation Psalms, and the reorientation Psalms. And this is an idea that's come from a theologian called Walter Brueggemann. Um, And I'm just going to talk a little bit about these different categories. So we have the orientation psalms, which is a kind of creation order worship song. They tend to be um, an expression of faith in creation or in the order of things and that the world is as it should be and we should be glad that this is a sustainable and life-giving system and it's the way it was, the way it's set up is the way it should continue forever. There isn't space for chaos, for uncertainty. And there's a lot of thanksgiving in this space. So there's a, an understanding that we need to praise God for what we have and where we are and how things are. There is a dark side to these creation order, sort of order psalms in that they can be used for social control as well. The classic example is that the king and those that have wealth have been given wealth by God and those that don't have been put in that place by God as well. And so you can't move in your social structures because this is where God has put you and this is where you need to stay. There are one of the classic hymns. Um, oh, mine's gone blank. All things bright and beautiful, thank you. I was going, morning is broken, that's not it. All things bright and beautiful. Um, and there's the, the, the verse that talks about the man in his castle and the poor man at his gate and that they should both be grateful because God's given their, them their estate. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but... This is the way it is, so you should be glad and grateful regardless. And they keep us in place, and and there's a security in that. There is something safe about knowing, well, this is the place that I'm in, and either I can't get, it can't get any better, so I can, there's a safety, I don't need to try. Or actually, things, I have been given all of these things, and that is good because I deserve it, because God has placed these blessings upon me. And so there's a safety in it, and there's a control. And then we move to the Psalms of disorientation. And this is where everything has gone wrong. Now, you know, that might be the clue in the name of the disorientation. Like, so you have the orientation, and now you're disoriented. That things have shifted. That what you thought to be true is no longer the reality that you're living in. So your wealth has disappeared. You've been taken into exile. You're now in Babylon. Things are not how they used to be. Things are not how they should be. Things are not how you thought the world 
was set up and ordered and now you're in this place of torment and pain and you're crying out to God because you just don't understand what's happened. We try to, seeing a lot of these uh, disorientation, we, we see people trying to praise God or trying to have hope and this is either out of hope or possibly denial depending on I think the situation you're in. But we demand from God rest, like kind of restoration and redemption when we're in these dark places. There's a pattern in these things, which is essentially we have a plea, we try and argue with God to why he should take us out of this place that we're in, and then we try and praise him. It almost feels like a little bribe at the end. Um, I'm being a little bit cynical this morning, but you'll see where I'm going with this. And Simon talked to us last week about this particular type of psalm. That we, that when, that there is something as well, there's something very beautiful about being in this place and being able to be honest about, what was the phrase? Dashing the children's head against stones and the awful things. Like, you know, and there's also this, the, you know, Psalm 139 where we, we always conveniently skipped the bit at the end that talks about God knocking down our foes and, and dispelling the wicked and, and giving them a thousand times what they've ever given us in terms of, like, kind of punishment and pain. And there is something dark but something beautiful about these psalms of lamentation, of, of disorientation. And then we move to the psalms of reorientation, which is what I will be talking about this morning. See, there is a pattern, there is a reason I'm going in this direction. So reorientation is about the restoration from that place of darkness. This is about not a return to how things were, because you could never go back but a reorientation to a new way of doing things, a new song. So Psalm 96 says, Praise the God who comes in judgment. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord. All the earth sings the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. God has saved them. God has pulled them out of this nasty place, and he's setting them on a new course. And there is never, it's not a natural solution that's come to their problems. It is God that has saved them. It's God that has taken them out of that place. There has been this intervention. And a lot of these psalms, they look like psalms of thanksgiving, understandably. If you were in a dark place and now you've been taken out of it, the polite thing to do is say thank you. And there are personal thanksgiving songs and then there are communal thanksgiving songs. Psalm 96 is an example of a communal one. So we're thanksgiving for the saving of the whole nation, of all of the people of God. And there's a lot of things that all the different types of psalms have in common. They tend to have a, a sense of justice within them, that there, there is a discussion and a bartering with God, that we want a fair deal. And it often relates to how we think society should be ordered, and either we're in orientation and we know how things are, we're in disorientation and things aren't as we thought they should be, or we're in reorientation and a new order is being set. But they also raise questions about that ordering, about what is the right way to do things. So this, the earlier this week, I was reading the different psalms and trying to pick which one I wanted to preach on. And I was really struggling to the point where I asked my colleague Simon to give me a hand in trying to pick what I should do because I was reading these reorientation psalms and to me they sounded just as controlling and difficult as the orientation psalms. 
I started reading, I was thinking, this, this doesn't sound any different to the creation stuff. This, how is this a new thing? This, like I could put the two together and I couldn't tell you the difference apart from the fact that it says a new song in the first line. And then we found Psalm 30 and I'd like this one a bit better and we'll come back to that a bit later because I kind of felt like here is someone who's still wrestling with the transition between the two. But I was really struck, and I have to say, earlier this week, I was not in the happiest and most thanksgiving of places. So the idea of writing a sermon on thanksgiving was not one that was filling me with joy and expectation. I was really struggling because I want to be authentic. I want to be able to stand up here and tell you the things that I have discovered and the things that I am searching with and share that, not tell you how to do it when I can't do it myself. So I was struggling. And I kept reading these psalms and I kept thinking about it and it occurred to me that these are, these, these songs and these psalms are often reactionary. So they're in the moment. So, and I think that that's what I was struggling with. So you have this, you have the negative, you have the lament, you have the pain, and that is out of reaction of, I can't take this anymore, I have to say something, I have to call out to God. And then you have the, the restoration of your situation and you write a psalm of thanksgiving because you're just so glad to be out of that place. And I get it, I do. But then what happens tomorrow? Because I don't know about the rest of you, but my experience of like having a good day doesn't necessarily mean that the next day is going to be good as well. And for me, life seems to be actually about these in-between places, in-between the psalms of orientation and disorientation. Between the psalms of disorientation and reorientation. And then what happens after reorientation as well? Is that it? We're just we're, we're set on a new path and then everything's hunky-dory and we're sorted? That is not my experience. I don't know about you. I'm assuming that it's probably not from the conversations I've had with most people, is that that's not how life works. Simon talked last week about how I think as, a, as a sort of Christendom we are not very good as a Christian faith, we are not very good at dealing with lament. We're not very good at talking about the negative things. And we saw that in the orientation psalms. That actually if this is the way things should be, and so if you're displeased with that, then that's your problem. There's a problem with you. And I would argue that perhaps we have the same with the reorientation. So we're in this new, we're in this post-cross world, we're in where Christianity is... Is, has taken us through Christendom and we're coming out the other side of that now and it was this was the reorientation, this is how things should be and then they're starting to fall away. And we start to look at ourselves and think about well, what are we doing wrong? What is wrong with me? Because I can't lament, I can't actually tell God that I'm displeased. Now I know Simon said some of this last week and I, but what happens then when we we look at these reorientation psalms and we start to feel the same, that actually if I, if I start saying that I'm displeased, even though Christ has done a new thing in me, I am a new creation, all those wonderful things that we've heard said from the pulpit many times before, I don't feel new. Actually, I feel pretty old and battered right now. I'm not quite in the place of lament, but I'm definitely not singing a song of thanksgiving. I'll be honest with you, there are days when I wake up 
And I don't even know what I believe in. There are days when these psalms sound trite and I find them unhelpful. I don't feel able to sing a new song of happy praise. I can just about get there with Psalm 30. The idea is that his anger is for a moment, his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Especially that weeping in the night and the joy in the morning. I can get that because the night comes again. So I might be happy when I get up in the morning. Simon will tell you that I am a morning person. Well, sort of. And then I'm more, more, more of a morning person than he is. But in the evening, that's when it, things can get dark and things can get difficult. And that's a cycle that happens every day. In this psalm, I see someone who is possibly wrestling. That has sin a light, that has sin perhaps a turning point in his struggle or her struggle. Probably his. And is able to wrestle with that and still find a place of thanksgiving. And that inspires me. But how do we get there? I've been having a number of conversations recently with, um, so in our kind of interfaith engagement, we talk with Jewish people and with um, people of other faiths, and specifically with some Jews and some Unitarians and a Christian who is struggling with the divinity of Christ. I've been having a number of conversations about the nature of God and who God is. And what I have actually realized is that without Jesus, I'm not sure I'm actually interested in God. But when I look at Jesus and the idea that God is revealed through Christ, I suddenly find a place deep down in my stomach that wants to give thanks. The other passage we heard this morning was from John about not letting our hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I, I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and he is in me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. I'm interested in Christ. I'm interested in the man who comes and challenges the powers, who breaks down the boundaries, who shows love and compassion and healing and grace and mercy and forgiveness. I think one of the problems with the reorientation is that it gives us space to recreate God in our own image. It gives us space to recreate God in the image of our choosing. An image that is justice, but so long as we're on top. That is love, but of a conditional kind. That is truth in the absolute, even if that means we have to turn off our brains to accept it. My agenda, my will, my rights, my truth, my freedom that gets translated into God's agenda, God's will, God's rights, God's truth, God's freedom. 
except what if Christ is the way, the truth, the life? To get to the Father is to go through him. And the only way that we can really know who God is is by reorienting ourselves towards Christ again and again and again through sacrifice, through an end to violence, even if it means my violent end, for love for all unconditionally, and favour for the downtrodden and the persecuted that we ourselves tread on and persecute. To let go of that idol that we call God made in our own ideology. I look at Christ and I can give thanks. I look at Jesus and I see the face of God. And suddenly reorientation doesn't seem so bad. If it's Christ's order that I'm following. So how can we give thanks? How can we give thanks in these in-between places, not to a God of our own ideology, but to Christ, the ultimate reorientation? And so, to finish with, I'm going to share a psalm that I have attempted to write. I'm not a poet, I'm not the wordsmith that my colleague Simon is, or my husband Simon is. And I would encourage you to have a go yourself. I'm going to share mine. Um, The other thing about psalms is that they are personal, but they are also for public use. And if if you feel like having a go at writing one, feel free to send it to me. Email it to me, or give it to me. I'd love to hear it, I'd love to see it. What is the thing that you can give thanks for? What is the thing that you can reorientate yourself towards? That is not simply something in your own image. So here's my psalm of thanksgiving. I will paint, and I will work, and I will speak for the new way that Jesus has shown me the new path that Christ trod across this earth, every day resurrected by those who follow him. We declare his mercy, his love, his hope, his sacrifice, declared among the multitudes, for his story is worthy to be praised. All other gods are idols, money, power, strength, violence, and self. But Jesus, the broken Lord, the unending who ended it, I will bring him an offering, my life for his song. And I will see the Father in his eyes, hear his spirit in the ocean, and feel his heart in the sunset, beautiful and bleeding. Christ is coming in the harvest, and the workers he is come. He judges the world and finds it wanting, and forgives us because we don't know what the hell we're doing. Jesus is the way of peace, the truth of mercy, and life abundant. He goes before me, he comes behind me, and sits beside me. 
We are called together and are called beautiful when it's his face we show to the world. <laughs>